really truly get the whole summer off you're you're in and out and uh trying to get things geared up for the fall so you're not behind the eight ball when you get started so you didn't have coaches to hire or did you this summer we had uh a jv field hockey coach who we hired back uh, a previous coach that we had so that was a, a quick one and um a jv girl soccer so it wasn't too bad yeah i think that's hard when you have that and you have people don't understand all the equipment comes in because you you don't get your budget passed till late in the spring and then you got to order everything to get it in especially for the fall and all of a sudden it all starts coming in you got to inventory it right and put it away get it ready get get rid of the old stuff that you're replacing yeah it it uh it does and it comes in that uh you don't know when it's going to come in it may come in on a friday at 1 30 so you you say oh shoot i gotta get back to the school but uh but it, it's been a pretty good summer. We've done a lot of uh, facility uh, work at, at Oak Hill this summer um, with the field. So we, we um, put some more uh, topsoil on the football field and, and reseeded some of it. Uh, the outfield, uh, soccer field at, at, uh, at Oak Hill needed some, some uh, work done to it. So we did the same thing, top dressed it, reseeded it. Um, and as you know, having been at Oak Hill, the, the practice field uh, for football, we finally reseeded some oh, of that and uh goodness. because it was uh it was mostly dirt by the end of yeah it just gets worn down over time we no use question. it for, for both practice for lacrosse in the spring and football in the fall so it gets quite a quite a quite a bit of use we used to laugh maddie beyond the edge of the end of the football field that'll kill there's a practice field and it it suffices you can put some lines on it although the grass has been thinner and thinner and for a while we used to put a like the the fence we had for the outfield for baseball for home runs along the edge of it because there's a huge embankment. I mean, no, nobody would get hurt because there's plenty of stuff in front of it as far as a person falling over and going rolling way down into the bog. But it's a, it would be a hike to get if you went all the way down in there. Lacrosse balls, oh, if you went down there, I can tell you right now, you can outlet, outfit every team in America down in that, in that bog because the balls just skip and get by someone and you look, gone gone never to be seen again so yeah it's always a fun practice place it drops off quick the, the, my first walk around the facility when i first started i i was looking at creating more space and i said well what about past the you know over past the side of the practice field <laughs> walked over there and said uh no i guess not <laughs> pretty pretty quick drop off a little bit a little that's that's nice how that it's nice how we all like get our engineering degrees oh, after yeah. like it? realizing that's probably yeah. not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, Jason said he's learned all kinds of things about punch lists and oh yeah, all the stuff of putting in a brand new field yeah. and whatever, and lights. He's still got one field that they are not sure exactly when they're going to put lights. They have turf, baseball, softball also. Wow. Yeah, you uh, just showed me a picture, of and that. they're going to use that for. Uh, uh, I don't know what they're going to use it for because lacrosse and soccer are both going to play on the football field. Well, multi-purpose field. I guess we can't call it football. But uh, yeah, that that facility looks really good. Yeah, from the picture. Oh, I know. Field hockey is going to play on the on the baseball, baseball softball. Yeah, boys, and they're all right there, right behind the school. That that's perfect. I mean, it's the one nice thing that you guys have. You don't have a lot of room, but when I was at Skowhegan as the AD, the baseball and softball fields were across town. Oh yeah, you had to go. Across, get in the car, go down to this horrible light in the middle of Skowhegan, go across that bridge to the other, almost like the island, and then the baseball and softball field. They were together at least, but some kids would be late for practice, and you, you look at them and go, even if they left right after school, they might have hit a traffic jam. Yeah. It was miserable. 
really was. Happens, you know, right? So you're a Red Sox fan? Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Been, been a Red Sox fan for a long time. Uh, I grew up uh, before we moved back to Maine in, in Baltimore, and we'd even go to uh, the old uh, stadium there and watch when the Red Sox came in town to, to watch them then. What, what was the old, what was it called? Memorial Stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it still there or they tear it down? Uh, I think they tore it down. And, of course, my name is Jim Palmer, so we lived there. And yeah, there you go. You got, his, you got a lot of noise. Actually, funny story <laughs> about that Memorial Stadium. When we were going in, uh, uh, when I got the when I went down on the on the five games and five days tour there, we're on the uh, golf cart getting uh, driven into the park because it was a hot day out and some people were getting picked up and this guy just picked us up. and like, hey, cool, great. So he gives us this tour. And he shows us that the uh, there was a statue or there was a, a monument or something that was out front of Memorial on Memorial Stadium, and they moved that right over to the front of Camden Yards. That's right there. And really? then right across the street is M&T Bank Stadium uh, for the Ravens. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right next door. Yeah. yeah. So they've got the whole complex right there. Remember, so. there was that con- controversy about when the Ravens won the the uh, NFL title. They wanted to play Thursday night to open the season, oh, like yeah. it's been traditional and. Baltimore at home game said no. We're using the parking lot and everything else, so they didn't do it. Yeah, they they played away as I'm. It's true. Thing. They share the parking lot yeah. with that. Too. And, it, and the yeah. parking lot isn't so much a parking lot as it is just hard area underneath the uh, interstate. It's a really it's a it's an interesting. So I mean, you just you get it's like the whole reasoning is is for that. So the, I mean, I gotta say though, rather than have two huge parking lots across town or whatever, at least share one. I mean, the the chances for conflict are fairly small, Yeah, you know, and you can work that out. So nobody asked you when they said, oh, yeah, Jim Palmer, can we see your underwear? Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, that or uh, the money store. That used to be the big oh, one. Oh, yeah. He did, those, can... he did those That's commercials right. for the money he store. He did those after <laughs> Phil Rizzuto. <laughs> yeah. Let's see now. Jim Palmer, Mike Cuellar, who are the four? Um, oh, right. Um, McNally. Was McNally yeah. one of them? McNally and... Flanagan? Flanagan, Might that sounds Flanagan. about right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, were they, Earl Weaver, throw those guys in the mound, wait for a three-run homer. That was his strategy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. They, uh, they won 109. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because they won 109 games one year and lost the World Series. I know. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Yeah. He keeps saying that, thinking uh, he's hoping the Red Sox are going to win like 112 <laughs> and then lose anyway. Well, but. I mean, in the, in the Peter Gammons column today in The Athletic, you know, uh, I'm going to... This is a little Peter Gammon's wispy, but, you know, he'll, he goes through everything, you know. When one lives in New England, one looks up at those billows of soft summer clouds and realizes they are lined with Calvinist seeds of doubt. The Red Sox, they're on a pace to win about 113 games, just swept the Yankees and have an eight-game lead in the American League East. It says nine game here, but it's eight games now. There's a cloud up there with Enos Slaughter inside, another with Jim Longborg skis. One with Bucky Dent and Bill Buckner and Grady Little and Chicken and Beer. A voice calls out that on August 30th, 1974, they led the Orioles by eight and a half games and finished the season seven behind them. That in 1978, they had a 13 and a half game lead on the Yankees and lost a classic playoff. And then there's 2011. Watching a Falmouth Commodores playoff game Monday night, a gentleman said, don't enjoy this too much. Sale is hurt and Kimbrell can't throw a curveball. (laughs) So... You still have that. You know what I mean? He he then goes on to talk about how this is the favorite. This is his favorite Red Sox team he's ever covered. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to save this article because when this team, if this team has the has the inevitable baseball fall, 
I'm going to go back to this and I'm going to quote it. I might like I might quote it like I'm reading a book on tape, you know what I mean, and come back to it, you know what I mean? Just when, when he did it's there. Me, what he did to me a week ago was all hail the Red Sox, they're the greatest team of all time. Next day, Devers and Sale go on the DL. I said, stop saying that crap, will you? <laughs> no, they're better. Look, they are better than the 27 Yankees. I don't know what we're even having a discussion here. That's why we can't really talk about baseball that much. Like, the season's over. The The Boston Red Sox have already won everything. Like, we're only waiting for the rest of the season to kind of fill out. You know what I mean? So I was listening to uh, WEI in my car yesterday or the day before. And they're switching their format. The guys in the late at two to two to six are going to the ten to two, and they're going to switch. So Cora comes on in that two o'clock, two thirty. I think he comes on. Yeah. And they were all saying, "Well, the last the last interview," and they said, <laughs> one of the guys said, "Well, we got you to eighty and whatever their record was. You know, it's up to the other guys now." Cora says, "You realize if we don't keep winning, we have to blame those guys." Yeah, that wouldn't that be great if they, if that's what happened? Jeez, See, sometimes it only takes that little it, cosmic shift or something jink, to change things, yeah, right? I'm telling you, well, and baseball is a sport like that. All I all I keep going back to for folks and reminding folks of is that this time last year we were all about the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, we were saying as much as the Yankee fans have been whining, complaining. They're nine games better than they were at this time last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've it's just the rest of the league is Because so the rest yeah. of the league is so bad. And shout out to the Texas Rangers for coming to town at just the right time, by the way. So superstitions, you got any big ones when yeah. you were a coach? Yeah, uh, as a coach, and I still have them now, you were talking about the Red Sox, and, and I was uh, actually telling my son the other day, I said, you know, when I listen to the Red Sox in a vehicle, I'll have the game on, and I, I stop and I park. I will never leave my radio on the game. I change the station before I get out of the car because one day I did it, and uh, and they lost. So so the other night when they came back and beat the Yankees, they came back and beat the Yankees. Yeah. I was at the uh, Keith Urban concert. We drove into the driveway because that was a late game. It was a Sunday night game. Drove in the driveway. They're losing 4-1. to one. I said, well, I'm going to change the station anyways. Go inside the house. It's four three. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my superstition right oh, now. Yeah, I yeah. don't. Uh, but yeah, I used to have one um, as a co- when I was coaching baseball. When I'd leave the coach's room, and this probably the school probably didn't like this, but I never would shut the light off in the in the coach's office. And one of my assistant coaches one time, it was the, it was a year we were were going for a state championship. He's walking out the door and he goes to hit the hit the light and i said what are you doing don't don't yeah. shut that light off <laughs> hey, don't turn the light off but yeah uh i think you know they're fun uh i had a, a player one time said you know if you're good superstitions don't matter so that that makes sense too one of the comedy shows i can't remember what it was it was saying that fans take those things those jinxes just as seriously like you like you were just saying about the radio and feel responsible the team goes into a dive. It's something I've done. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm telling you, it could happen. So I just, you know. So did you watch the Pats last night at all? I didn't. I'm, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but, oh. but whoa, 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 whoa! Didn't know that. Yeah, we're gonna Not, need yeah. some sort of backstory and explanation yeah, on this. How that like, happened? All I have to say is Walter Payton. Really? Oh, there we go. Right. Yeah, I fell all in right. love with with the Bears when he played, and then then uh, then it continued on. But I actually went down to Philadelphia this past year. Uh, we've got some family down in Philadelphia, and I watched the, the Bears get trounced by the Eagles down there. But uh, first time I had seen them live at a at a at a game, the Bears. Yeah. So that was fun. 
Nice. I got to get to Soldier Field. But yesterday, uh, Jason's a Detroit Lions fan, so we, yeah. we got a chance to talk that through. I thought, uh, you know, I was thinking, what were your takeaways from the game, Eddie? Did you watch much of it? Um, I think there there were a couple things I took away from it. One, Belichick did not like the first half in any way. Oh, they okay. interviewed him. He was. Yeah. Two, um, I, I thought that the running, uh, you can't you can't glean anything from this. Like, but I, I like the way they were running the ball. Jeremy Hill. Yeah. He I, is a big back. I, I really thought he was really underutilized the last couple of years in Cincinnati because they weren't putting him in the, I'm not a big scheme guy. I didn't play football. I didn't know. So I don't, I, everything that I know about that stuff, I'm gleaning from either watching tape and watching uh, uh, tape people, you know, explain it or watching you guys explain the game and show me, okay, well, here's this and here's that. But it seemed to me like they weren't playing to their strengths. Like he's the type of guy that if you can get him running downhill instead of making him a shifty cutback runner, mm. you're going to be okay. And it looked like they did that last night for him, which is something I didn't think they did enough of for Gillisley last year because I thought he had that same sort of ability. Yeah. I mean, he played okay last night well at times, but then he also had the the fumble with Etling late in the game too. Um, uh, this yeah. Ralph Webb be on kid, the list. this Ralph Webb kid was unbelievable. Yeah. And look with the with the Patriots, it doesn't matter to me if you're the number one overall pick or the number seven overall pick out of their rounds, like. Or undrafted free agents like whoever performs in camp is going no to question. get the job. He, so you, if you stake a claim to that, even if you can't crack the roster in New England, you'll be able to crack the roster somewhere else because someone will be looking for the first thing New England plucks off. You know, maybe you get to spend the first week with the Jets or or something, or the Dolphins or the Bills or whatever. You know what I mean? That happens all the time. Yeah, I I agree. I I, I like the way they ran the ball. I thought is it I can never remember is it Etlinger is that how you say his name Etling Etling you want to add an er I onto do it. it's <laughs> just I do he is an Etling Etling I I thought he played okay he threw the yeah. ball fairly well and the time that he fumbled I think he wanted to keep the ball because he saw the end crashing down the other kid uh, I can't remember what the back name was I think he wanted Gillisley. it and uh, boom it fumbled but. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's a project, but I don't think he's that big a project. I thought Adrian Claiborne played last night as uh, well, uh, Sheldon, pretty well. Sheldon played well. Uh, uh, yeah, Danny Shelton, I think, is going to be a much... They did... This defense, is to me, is is just uh, is just unbelievable. Like, I think they're going to be so much better than last year. And I don't think they can possibly be oh, worse than no, they were last year. You know what I mean? Up, right? Like, I don't... I don't <laughs> Last year's defense may have been the worst Patriots defense in in Patriots history, like in the Belichick era. Like, I'm not sure how bad the 2000 team was, and I remember how bad the 2005 defense was. Well, they was. were five and eleven, so that tells you they weren't. <laughs> yeah, very good. the 2005 defense was. Yeah, but then the next year, basically the same team won the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. And the only thing you did was switch to a second year quarterback. Yeah. So Some scrawny kid. Yeah, it's yeah. just. Football's a weird game. It really is. Jim, I, I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. You're a your school that's still playing uh, uh, the the games at home on Saturdays, unless sure. someone's renting in lights. Any any movements, any pushes out there to add lights and move those to Friday nights? There always is. You know, there's always uh, um, that possibility. Right now, I think we're we're going to stay with uh, Saturday games. Um, you know, I just like the tradition of it, and uh, we put it out to the community for a, a vote at one point, and uh, they they liked the Saturday afternoon games. They they didn't want to uh, 
a big bill for lights on Friday, so we're, we're staying with Saturday right now. That's what we like to hear. You know, we talk about that, and I know Lisbon right now is trying to make a push yeah, for, yep. the, for the lights. And again, I appreciate the fact that everybody wants their own Friday night lights and things of that nature, but what I, again, want to continue to caution people on, and I, I, I know there's other things involved here, so I totally stand that, but just so everybody has that point of perspective, there's only so many people in the state of game, state of Maine that cover games on Friday nights. Yeah. So if your big matchup, your big rivalry matchup is up against something that's farther away or maybe isn't on the on the schedule, like it's not it's not going to be as easy to get the coverage that you're wanting or demanding and really needing for your teams if you're moving all your games from Saturday to Friday because then you have to muscle other teams out. You know what I mean? It, it's not that easy. I do. And and the other thing that people don't realize, too, is the availability of officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday, you have a much uh, bigger pool of officials to choose from than you do on a Friday night. When John Wolfgang was a gardener before they got lights, I know part of that was uh, maybe something to convince his kids, too. But um, when you play on Saturday... Teams that play Friday night, they come to you on Saturday, they hate it. They do. They are tired, they're hot, they they just don't like it. It throws up the whole thing. When you get a chance as a Saturday team to go play on Friday night, you are sky high. Yeah. The electricity and whatever. He used to say unequivocally, and I think that's why Chevrolet has never got lights while he was there. He said he thinks you have an advantage because all those teams that play Friday night don't want to play at your place on Saturday. You're, you're absolutely right because I played for Coach Wolfram during those years, and he yeah. would he would build up Friday nights. We'd go up to Mount Blue, and he would build that up like it was the biggest game sure. ever. And we were so pumped to be playing under the lights, and, and, it, and it does. It's, it's kind of a treat when you're used to playing on Saturdays. Sure. And you're right as well. On Saturdays when people would come to Gardner to play on Saturday afternoon, it was uh, kind of lackluster because they have been playing on Friday night. So... I like the, the traditions that come with Saturday. I mean, you, you go around town on Saturday morning in, in Litchfield, Sebastian, Wales, and you've got old-timers at Uncle Moe's having breakfast talking about how the game's going to be in a couple hours. And uh, it, it's just uh, it's a tradition I, I'd, I'd like to see continue. By the way, when you mention Uncle Moe's, all I can think of is the large Uncle Moe's omelet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, when I bring the family and everyone else gets an omelet, like I, of course, can finish mine. But everyone else is like, I'm going to just take that half and go home with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, yeah. It's, you know. So fine. you think, uh, you know, I always said the same thing that uh, I've heard others say when I get done doing those other things in education and retire, I'd like to go back and coach. It's what I love and, and, uh, and so on. Is that something you would think about, you think? I think so. Um, you know, I, I coached both uh, football and baseball at Gardner. Uh, my, my first love really is. Uh, is baseball for the uh, the in-game strategy and and that type of stuff but um, you know football football has uh, has a lot to draw you back too but I, I would um, you know I, I just miss it now and uh, my when my kids are older I'll have more time and 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 I think um, it would be a fun thing to go back to now, let's, have- let's hold on we gotta take a break Randy Whitehouse is gonna call on 1030 so take a break yeah Taskmaster. I'm doing it all. We'll have more on the way. Feels daily. You're listening to the B-List Daily on Sports Time Maine, AM 780, WTME, Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. 
There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners. An all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care, where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com ortho. That's spectrumhcp.com ortho. We believe in better, a better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result. At Frisbee & Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address Social Security. For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee & Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave Moisture Control Units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave Units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All 
aboard MBR.org. The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org. Bring your talents to PepsiCo. If you have a Class A CDL and you are 21 or older, apply for a new career at PepsiCo in Auburn as a full-time relief driver with a competitive benefits package beginning on day one, including medical, dental, vision, legal, paid holidays, and vacations, and a 401k plan with company match. Our drivers are home every night and earn $20.50 to $22.40 per hour. Now offering a $1,500 sign-on bonus, PepsiCo is an equal opportunity employer. Apply online at pepsijobs.com. It's Sabilis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network on a Friday. Fridays now, it's time for, we call them White House Fridays now. Not like the Dallas Cowboys White House Fridays. Those are entirely different. Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal joins us on the phone. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. Beautiful day today. This is, uh, this is much better than what we've been having. Yeah, this, this, seems, this seems somewhat tolerable, which is Absolutely. nice. I'm really, Absolutely. really excited for that. Hey, um... Did you know Mookie Betts hit for the cycle last night? I was unaware. I wanted to make sure you knew because Mookie Betts hit for the cycle last night. The Red Sox lost, but no one cares because Mookie Betts hit for the cycle. Yeah, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I was, you know, all, hey, Mookie, yeah, how great was that he hit for the cycle? I'm, I'm the guy who always points out anytime anybody talks about Jordan scoring 63 against the, the Celtics in the playoffs, I'm the one who always points out that he lost, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take the win over Mookie in for the cycle. It's great as great as he's been, as great as the season's been, as much as I like him getting that sort of individual recognition, I, I'll take a, a win over that any day. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really, it was really weird to me when I saw that. I don't think I've ever seen Red Sox Nation poo-poo a loss like that in my life. Like... What? They do have 81 wins. Let's not forget that. Yeah, but still, like, completely, like... Hey, Randy, who's your MVP for the Red Sox? That's a great question, Dave. I mean, you can can make an equally strong case for for Betts and and Martinez. Um, You know, Mookie has a big edge because of what he contributes defensively. But, you know, I, I keep hearing stories about, you know, how Martinez is, you know, change the approach and change the philosophy of a lot of the, the guys in the Red Sox lineup, and it's obviously been for the better, and just his mere presence in the lineup uh, is, uh, you know made such a huge difference. I mean, if he can chase Mookie down and win the Triple Crown, you know, I don't care what the, uh, the Saber Nutritions have to say, it, that's a pretty big deal, and I think you would have to consider him the MVP. Um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that they're, they're both going to kind of split the votes, and you know, I'm sure you know probably Aaron Judge will win it or something. But you know, I, I I would give it to Martinez just because of his overall impact on on the team. But I can't I can't tell anybody that picks Mookie they're crazy. I uh I got to tell you, 
I think Aaron Judge has just won the MVP award just based on how the Yankees have looked since he's been out. You know what I mean? Like, to me, they oh, should yeah, just yeah. send it to him. Like, here you go. You just proved it because, yeah. you know, the Red Sox were without bets for a while, and they didn't really seem to slow him down. Uh, no, yeah. you're right. I, you know, Yankee fans went to deep mourning when he got hurt, and, uh, you know, I can certainly see why right now. Well, uh, I, you know, the sa- it's funny to me, though, Randy, that these same folks that were that were going off on Yankees fans for being sad, like Twitter wasn't quite as strong when when Tom Brady broke his uh, turned his uh, tore his ACL, but I feel pretty doggone strongly that the tributes would have been pouring out at that time if anything had happened to Tom Brady, and, oh, yeah. it, and it would not have been thought about twice. You know what yeah. I mean? Like easily, easily. I, you're absolutely right. I mean. Did you see that birthday cake they gave him for really? God's sake? Yeah, I mean that was monstrous, <laughs> monstrous. Manny might a... have eaten a piece of that. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I might have had to. Myself. Oh, by the way, there's uh, donuts from Labadee's were brought this morning. I know you're oh. not eating them. Um, they're 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 no. they're right out there. So oh. if I'm, Jim wants no, any, I'm or... in downtown Worcester. I was just thinking I should have come into the Thanks. studio. Oh, you should have. Right yeah, now. you absolutely should have. Yeah, no. Damn it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you need to just, you know, slide over here later, we're here till noon. Hey, by so. the way, he's really classing this show up. Saber Matricians? Saber Matricians. Is that yeah. really a word uh, there, Randy, or what? Does that they, mean? They, they've got a... I, I have become less and less tolerant of them over the years. I, <laughs> I try to be open-minded about, you know, all the Saber, saber metrics and all, all the, the new way of thinking of, of looking at players and evaluating players and so forth. Uh, but, you know, the ones who are slaves to war and, and want to give Mike Trout the MVP every single year because he has the most war, I, I don't have any patience for it. There's no point in having any kind of discussion with them because they're totally relying on, on the numbers. And what fun is baseball if you can't debate and talk about, you know, even the most abstract things. I, I, you know, I don't have any use for, for that stuff, and I, I wish Bill James really, honestly, had never been born. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be a little more succinct on that? I, uh, I, I know a lot right of people. I know a lot of people that feel the same way about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it can, you know, I think it's a useful tool, but it's oh, yeah. a tool. It's not the be-all, end-all of evaluating players and, and teams. I mean, scouts are. are losing jobs left and right. The, the Mariners just fired 10 more. Just yeah. How are you supposed to find out information on the game now? It, it, like, it's like reporters, journalists. I mean, that was some of the... Honestly, that to me is the perk of having your your Absolutely. your media pass to go down to Hadlock Field because there are scouts there all the time from yeah. all sorts of teams, and they will talk. They will talk to you because you're not just going to like report their name. You're going to say scouts because it's just... Yeah. It's just an accepted part of the world. They're scouts. And they're scouting about baseball, right? Like yeah. you know. Yeah, and the sad thing is, analytics are taking over other sports too. Like you know, basketball has become a big thing lately, obviously, and uh, not so much football. Uh, but I'm sure you know that hockey's that, getting there. Hockey's getting there too. Yeah. So uh, you know, like I said, I, I welcome having no you know any any extra tools of evaluation, but when you start using them to, to take precedent all, all over, you know, other stats and, and things that we see with our own eyes, I just, I, I'm not going for that. I'm not playing along. You know, even in Francona's book, I don't know, I'm sure you haven't read it, Maddie, but I have. Oh, yeah, I was I was, I was first in line right to buy that, that one. Yeah. 
And um, uh, he talked about that, the conflict between using it as a tool versus, you know, people coming down to his office saying, you, you, you've you got to use this. You've got the I expect so-and-so, and, you know. And he kept saying, no, you know, he, those are a nice tool, but I, I got to get a feel for my team. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. And, and what, how to use them. And no that's question a, about that. That's a question that I have with, with Boone. Uh, Aaron Boone, how overrun is he <laughs> by their, you know, people upstairs giving them all these data sheets and everything? Please don't bring up his name uh, well, in front uh, of Maddie. Are you ready? Okay, you did it. You poked the bear. The bear <laughs> is poked, so this is my rant. I wonder if he has any uh, enough of a <clears throat> sack, if you will, to tell them sometimes that Shane Robinson doesn't need to be playing right damn field, okay? Maybe, hey, Brian, um, not tonight. I, I'm not feeling Sugar Shane Robinson in right field. Like, that <laughs> That to me is kind of my thought there. Now, last night, Glaber Torres had the day off. What the hell does Glaber Torres need a day off for? What? What possible reason does Glaber Torres need a day off for? The answer is none. He does not need a day off. Well, the other teams are doing it. I got to do it. They have days off. They're built into the schedule. It's not like you're going into a stretch where you're going to play 23 games in a row. Like, yeah, enough already. Well, they, they, they've got the whole month of August off with that schedule, so I, you know, I wouldn't freak out too much. Well, luckily, they're actually taking advantage of it somewhat, but my God, they're doing it in a challenging way. Like, even a 7-3 to game last night was a freaking tight walk rope, you know? Like... Chapman looked like, uh, honest to God, Chapman last night looked like uh, Kurt Schilling coming off the mound in game six against the Yankees. Like, just, uh, you know, a little sore, a little lame, just a little odd. Like, he just looked miserable coming off the run. Like, he looked like me after riding around for a few hours. On a, I had a trip last year, and I had, like, the worst, like, lower back injury ever. And it's like, ugh, and you can barely move. Like, that's what he looked like coming yeah. off the mound last night. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's great. That's nice. That's good to, that's good. Maybe put yeah, him on something. You would think a guy, a guy like Boone, you know, with, with the pedigree that he has, you know. Which is none. Well, no. He hit a home not. run off of Tim Wakefield. What else has he done? Well, Outside of work play, playing second banana fiddle to Jess Mendoza. He, he comes from a baseball family, right. okay? He's, he's three generations, or gener- I don't even know how many generations of Boone. Roger Clinton up, comes from a presidential family. I'm not making him president. <laughs> <laughs> but you would think, you know, he, like you said, he would have a little bit of stack and, you know, a little bit of that old school baseball in him and, and would tell him to, you know, at least occasionally take those numbers and, and stick them, you know, Steinbrenner's sarcophagus or something. I I feel like that was part of the reason he took the gig because he was like, oh no, I love your analytics, Master Cash. I think that's Uh, great. Like, I really, I, what I want to know is who actually makes that lineup every day. Is it really the manager or uh, is there, is there a morning email and, and Pakoda or Carmelo or whatever the hell they call this, this, this system back there, Hal, whatever the hell the thing is. And I'm not talking Hal Steinbrenner. I'm talking Hal from like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like, you know, what, is that what it is? Like you get that in there and you're like, oh, you got to punch us in. These are the guys. Maybe, maybe they let them pick the lineup spots. I mean, I don't really know. Like, I, it just, it makes no sense to me. I, you mentioned Pakoda and Carmelo. I think, of, you know, Bill Picota and Carmelo Martinez, two uh, 
two stalwarts in my in every uh, pack of baseball cards that I opened back in the late '80s. Oh, uh, Bill Pakoda, man. So, did, did you watch uh, any of the Patriots last night? Uh, not really. No, I I was at the office, so I didn't really get a chance to 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 watch. I don't know if I really would have watched that much, especially with with Hoyer running the offense. But I don't like. What I heard about, you know, the defense getting caught. Most of their starters out there, uh, you know, to start the game and what Colt McCoy, you know, looks like, uh, you know, Tom Brady uh, on the field from from the sounds of it. Uh, but you know, it's early and all that, and I'm sure, you know, they were very vanilla on defense and everything. But uh, you know, I, the offensive struggles are no surprise, given who they were playing. Um, you know, it just Hope everybody comes out of out of preseason healthy, and you know, especially in the spots where they're vulnerable in terms of depth, like wide receiver, like linebacker. They can't afford to lose anybody at those positions, and I'm you know, I'm hoping that that week one they have everybody uh, everybody ready to go because I mean we know by the end of the season they're bound to lose some people. So let's at least start off with with everybody. Uh, ready to to report for duty. Yeah, I've been. I was concerned. The 49ers lost their starting running back and their starting cor- uh, uh, tight end last night. So I'm uh, I'm a little. Uh, oh, Jimmy G's. Uh, yeah, he's a closet he's like Francisco. Francisco. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it, my boy Jimmy G's gonna have to gonna have to do his thing. By the way, apparently there was a defective football last night between I Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Deflated. There was a defective football. It was removed from play and it will be sent back to Wilson for review. What? Why are they sending it back to Wilson for review? They checking for defects? Did they, did they give Tom Brady that courtesy to no. check those footballs for defects? Give me a break. No, not at all. Not at all. Isn't that amazing to me? Uh, you know, I mean, it was clear pretty much from the beginning that, that it wasn't about footballs. It was about the Patriots. Uh, you know, I don't even think it was so much about Brady until he you know, started, you know, chopping up his cell phones and stuff and started to find the commissioner. I thought at first it was uh, trying to get Belichick and trying to get the Patriots. Uh, and Brady just kind of got caught up in it. Um, but, you know, the fact that they're not going to go after the Steelers and, you know, their tripping coach and, and uh, all the crap that they've pulled in their history doesn't surprise me because the Roonies are, are old NFL blood. Oh, they didn't and, go after the Giants either. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Giants are the pet. The Giants are the pet of the NFL, and they will never face any kind of what. What happened to Eli Manning? What you know? What's what's the deal with his uh, his memorabilia scandal? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Eli Manning memor. Let's take a look at that, shall we? How did that all work out? It was. Uh, let's see. We got to do that. You do that. There was a settlement reached. Yes, there was a settlement <laughs> reach on May fifteenth, actually. Um, Three sports memorabilia collectors who accused the Giants uh, quarterback Eli Manning of providing bogus game-worn equipment that was sold to unsuspecting fans settled their lawsuit against the Super Bowl-winning quarterback on Monday, days before the case was scheduled to go to trial. Hmm. Details were not given. That doesn't look shady at all. No, heck no. That doesn't look shady at all. So what happened? Do we do we get him some Peyton Manning used gear to make it up? Like you know what happens here? I don't know. Uh, did you guys in the action that you saw yesterday was the uh, 
was the helmet rule any kind of a factor? I mean, what, what did you guys do with that? I didn't really see much on that helmet rule. I'm t- I, I, I'm telling you that helmet rule will not air, uh, rear its ugly head until a big game. It will either be against the Patriots or for the Patriots, but you know somehow it will involve the Patriots. And they're either going to lose a game because of it or win a game because of it. And either way, all hell will break loose. Probably more so if they win the game. Because when they win the game because of a crappy rule that the NFL has bungled, i.e. like the Austin Safarian Jenkins thing last year or the Tuck rule or anything else, that rule immediately gets changed in the offseason. Des Bryant, the Dallas Cowboys, nobody hates the Dallas Cowboys more than I I do. But they were completely screwed by that call in the playoffs against the Packers three years ago, okay? And they didn't bother changing that rule until last year when the Steelers lost a game because of the rule. Like, that's it. Because they lost that game to the Patriots, and then there was enough of an outroar. And then they ended up changing the rule before the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. The week of the Super Bowl. Like, give me uh, a break. Yeah. My my hope is, and, and you know, it's, I'm not really holding that much hope for it. Is that you know this this is like you know remember how every year the major league baseball would have some point of emphasis or say that they're going to enforce the strike zone as written yeah. more or you know some other thing some other new rule or new interpretation that they had and they would you know be sticklers about it in spring training and maybe the first couple weeks or the first month of the regular season. And then by the end of it, you know, by by you know the second month of the regular season, everyone will have forgotten about it. That's that's my only hope with this is that it's a preseason thing. It's something that you know over the course of a couple three weeks they're gonna see that you know they, this can't sustain itself. They can't have broadcast football games with, with this kind of role and these many flags that are going to occur, and they'll finally just say, oh, you know, we can't do this. Uh, but, you know, it's the NFL, and I don't really see them having that kind of thought process. If anything, they'll double down and make it worse. Of course, yeah. right? I mean, that's 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 what they do. That's what they do. That's what they've done with this anthem thing. This anthem yeah. thing is still being talked about. Oh yeah, it's still yeah. being talked about, and they have such a poor relationship with their union. They couldn't have figured this out already. Like, there's no way if it's if you are so concerned about it hurting your league, then you need to fix it, and you need to fix it now. Like, period. End of discussion. Get it done and move on. Instead, it's going to trickle through. Everything I've seen so far from last night, national national sports-wise, you know, outside of your fantasy people and your people that are doing everything else, it's how many people stood for the anthem. There were four guys from Jacksonville last night that didn't come out of the locker room for the anthem. And now that's a question. It's all now you've you've you and just, the president tweeted this morning. Yeah, yeah about you've it. <laughs> you've continually made more. But what did, what did he say about it? Anything? He said uh, they should uh, not be paid if they don't uh, stand for the okay. anthem. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. Of course, among, he's gonna, among other things. Right. Of course, I know it's it's shocking, right. but it's just it's silly. It's 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 just it's abject silliness because I, they I, won't affect it. Want, I want the president to keep tweeting about space force. Anything that interrupts that is. is I yeah to me I it's all about space force. space force did you see that yeah we don't we don't talk politics I like on I, yet, I just like no. I like the yeah. fact that I want a t-shirt it's a space force you know what I mean did you like, see the nice somebody tweeted if you wear this t-shirt you'll never have a girlfriend <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> ever ever never ever probably not oh, oh boy geez. 
Uh, Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal joining us. Randy, you had a great article on Isaiah Harris uh, in today's paper. Uh, let's talk a little bit about him and what's going on with his career and then kind of what's next for him. Well, thank you for the compliment. Well, you're welcome. It's so rare for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a chance to sit down with, uh, with Isaiah earlier in the week, and uh, it was great. It was the first time I really even talked with him for, well, since he went to Penn State. I think uh, it's, it's been a while, and, uh, you know, it's been, it was great to see just, you know, how far he's come as, as a young man and, and uh, you know, as an athlete. I mean, he's, he's reaching heights that, of so few people that, that we see in this area. Um, you know, of course, everyone knows that he won his uh, national NCAA title in, in the 800 uh, this spring, and a short time later decided to turn pro. Uh, you know, we talked about that. He said, you know, it was kind of in the back of his mind uh, over the course of the season. He didn't want to, to become in the forefront of his mind. He didn't want to be a primary uh, motivator of his. Uh, but something that, that certainly he had been kind of thinking about and getting that national title was was kind of the last uh, last piece that he needed because in track and field you, you need to kind of strike when, while the iron is hot if you're going to turn pro because that's the way you're going to attract someone like you know a company like Nike to back you. Uh, you, you can't do much better than that, uh, getting Nike to back you as, as, a, as a track and field athlete. And Isaiah was given a great opportunity to to have them sponsor him uh, while he was still able to uh, continue his schooling at, at Penn State this this fall. He has one one year left to his kinesiology degree. Uh, he's still able to work with uh, John Gondek, who was his head coach at, at Penn State. He's still able to work with him, so that's a big help. Uh, he's still able to use the facilities and and uh, take advantage of uh, you know, trainers and so forth there on campus. Uh, so that, that was big for him. Uh, you know, now he's, he's home after uh, you know, having a pretty good pro debut. Uh, you know, he jumped from college to the pros uh, in track and field, and, and that's uh, in a lot of ways uh, even a bigger jump than it is in other sports. Uh, we think of guys uh, jumping from amateur to professional status. And uh, he did pretty well in, in, you know, a couple of, well, three events, uh, USA track and field championships, and then had a couple of uh, Diamond League events over in uh, Paris and Barcelona. And uh, he's home now, and he's resting up and hanging out with his friends, really the first break that he's had in about a year. And uh, he's, <laughs> the, the advantage that he has, another advantage that he has in turning pro now is the, uh, the world championships in track and field are, are so late. Uh, next next year uh, in, in September in Qatar, uh, so he can have kind of a slow build up uh, to that. That's obviously the, the target for this year. Take a slow build up towards that. He's going to run in I, I guess about three events in the indoor track season, including the Melrose Games, which is kind of the most prestigious event in indoor track. Uh, and then he's going to amp it up for the outdoor season and and. Uh, compete a little more frequently uh, to get ready for world championships. So uh, he, he seems to be in a, in a really good place now. Uh, he heads back to Penn State for classes in a couple, well, a little less than two weeks. And, uh, you know, I guess when he gets back, he's got a, 
whole bunch of gear and, and swag from uh, Nike waiting for him uh, <laughs> on campus, which uh, I'm sure he's ex- I know he's excited about. And uh, yeah, he's he's in a great situation. And anybody that's that's known him, and a lot of people here in Lewiston have known him and have helped him along the way. Uh, you know, they couldn't be happier for him, and they couldn't help him happen to a, a better guy. And uh, you know, I I have. No, no doubt that that he's going to be uh, a, a huge factor in in, uh, in the 800. Probably come come the Olympics, next Olympics, I, I think we could very well see Isaiah Harris competing, if not on the podium. I was just thinking that. That's yeah. that's exactly what I was what I was thinking. That's kind of the to me. That's when your your track and field stuff really starts yeah. to hit home for folks when, when they start to see him in the Olympics, you know? Yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't want to underestimate him. I mean, that's the one thing I've learned from talking to his coaches especially. Uh, you know, you, you think he's a kid who either doesn't have much experience uh, in running, as, as T.J. Niles was telling me about in today's article, or just, you know, a kid who came from Maine, which obviously isn't a track and field hotbed per se, although, we, you know, we've had a few pretty good track and field athletes come through here in recent years, but, you know, it's not California or Texas or something like that. Um, you know, he just he just keeps exceeding everyone's expectations, and I see no reason that that's going to stop uh, in the near future. His name is Randy Whitehouse. He's with the Sun Journal. You can read him at thesunjournal.com. You can pick up a copy of the paper somewhere where you pick up papers. Maybe get a subscription. Who knows? Uh, you can also follow him on Twitter, rawmaterial33. Randy, as always, thank you very much, um, and we'll talk to you in two Fridays because we're off next week. All right, gentlemen, I'll be uh, right, coming right up to high school, high school football. You have all the rumors ready to go. You got all the rumors ready to go. <laughs> all that stuff. All right, man, thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. That is Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. He joins us every Friday here on the B-List. Oak Hill Athletic Director Jim Palmer is in the studio with us. Uh, we will have the folks from the Dan K Show coming up to talk about the USPHL uh, the league the Twin City Thunder is in in just a little bit. It's Belis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. You're listening to the Belis Daily on Sports Time Maine, AM 780, WTME, Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners. An all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com ortho. That's spectrumhcp.com ortho. We believe in better. 
A better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result. At Frisbee & Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address Social Security. For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee & Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave Moisture Control Units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org. Bring your talents to PepsiCo. If you have a Class A CDL and you are 21 or older, apply for a new career at PepsiCo in Auburn as a full-time relief driver with a competitive benefits package beginning on day one, including medical, dental, vision, legal, paid holidays, and vacations, and a 401k plan with company match. Our drivers are home every night and earn $20.50 to $22.40 per hour. Now offering a $1,500 sign-on bonus, PepsiCo is an equal opportunity employer. Apply online at pepsijobs.com.
like how you're actually doing something when you're fly fishing. Like I'm gonna need some sort of. I don't. I'm not gonna need the, the like. I under. I, I. I need. So is that? Is that? Are you just constantly like? Why couldn't you just do that while you were regular fishing? Uh, well, if you've got a worm on the end, you've lost it because eventually he's gonna beat him to death. <laughs> okay, and, but does he have to be alive? No, it's not that. He just it's the texture. They they break away. Oh, really? Or if you had a what if lure, you get fatter worms? If you, yeah, it doesn't work. Same difference. If you Some had a vegans lure, are gonna come after me about this. If you had a lure on the end. You could always cast and reel it in, cast, reel it in. I don't know. I'll let you know how fly fishing goes when I try it. All right. Now, okay. by the way, my wife reminded me that this was fly casting we were practicing. Because I said, you know one thing he forgot? What do you do when they when you catch something? <laughs> he didn't teach us what now because the, the reel is kind of weird yeah, on it. It's a and reel. so anyway, we'll have to see. I'm going to have to do, learn that on the job. So that's a totally, that's a total something thing Different that you can learn on your own. Yeah. And Lobine doesn't teach you how to do anything with it. So after you've caught it, you have no, yeah. there's no we plans. We call timeout and we say to the people in the lodge, come down and get the big net. All right. Okay. Right. Well, that makes, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. That's hilarious, by the way. That's good. Anyways, we, right now, by the way, Oak Hill Athletic Director Jim Palmer in the studio with us. We'll Thank you. from him in a minute. Thanks for being in this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Right now, we are going to talk a little USPHL hockey with Lucas Jones and Dan Kay from the Dan Kay Show. Of course, you can find them on Facebook. They have all sorts of action on there. Twin City Thunder will be starting their season very shortly over at the Norway Savings Bank Ice Arena. They are a part of the USPHL. I talk with Lewis and Dan, uh, Lucas and Dan now. Good morning, guys. How are you? What is going on? How's it going? Doing, doing well. Doing well. Thanks for both of you guys for taking some time out of your busy day to be on this morning uh, to talk about the USPHL and, uh, and to talk about uh, the Twin City Thunder. Um, I was reading an article here recently uh, about ranking, kind of ranking some of the junior hockey levels and things of that nature. Um, I know Lewiston, of course, is used to, you know, they had the, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for a little bit. Uh, the NA3HL has a, has a team here as well. What are some of the differences and what is some, what is some of the talent that comes through the USPHL so that folks know what sort of brand the Twin City Thunder is going to be uh, as they start their season this year. Yeah, happy to answer that. Yeah, Dan Kay here. I mean, USPHL is a, is a league that's larger than any other in the country. We are building players from the age of 8 up to the age of 21. It's a cradle-to-college model, which is something that no other league in this country possesses. Um, it's, it's a level of de- development that really is ground up, and, and it's, it's happening in the backyards of all of the biggest colleges in the country, right? The, the real Division One footprint, the geographical footprint, is here in the Northeast, up in New England, in the Northeast, where we're based out of here in New Jersey. There's a real hockey footprint, and we're getting a lot of that talent that is right on the cusp of Am I going D1? Am I going D2? Am I going D3? But, I mean, with over 300 college commitments in just a five-year lifespan here, the USPHL is really a league that's unrivaled with, with just the structure of, of development bottom to top and the ability to really create athletes that are right on the cusp, right on the edge of maybe getting a D3 commitment, maybe getting a D1 commitment, and making them into that next-level player. It's, it's really... a a one-of-a-kind structure that, that hasn't been matched yet in the U.S. 
So the history on the Twin City Thunder, where are they coming from? Is this an expansion team? Were they somebody else's team? Are they moving to town? Like, is this like the Expos and the Nationals, where the Nationals have some Expos numbers that are going to be retired on the walls? This is a new franchise. What is, what is all that? So the best thing about junior hockey is the ability for a team to kind of sprout up out of nowhere and immediately be competitive. And, and that's really the, the Twin City Thunder model here. This is a team that's growing into a new neighborhood. It's, gonna, it's trying to become a part of that, that sports culture there, that great New England, Maine sports culture up there. And with Coach Doug Friedman at the helm, this is an expansion team that, that's basically like an Arizona Diamondbacks, if you want to compare it to a baseball team, since I heard you use the Expos there. It's, it's a team that's ready to compete right away. I mean, we have a, a USPHL summer showcase we do each year. And it's really a way to kind of gauge, okay, who's going to be the competitor this year? Who's going to be some of the guys that might need some growth throughout the season? Who are going to be struggling? The Twin City Thunder, as an expansion team without ever in this USPHL, went to the semifinals of that, which is, it's almost unheard of. So this is a team that's ready to compete right away out of the gate organically here. Tell our listeners, what, what are the parameters uh, age-wise and, and uh, things like that and, and uh who can play on, on that kind of a team? Yeah, so it's uh, the junior hockey level here. It's really 16 to 21 is what you're going to see age range with these guys. A lot of the guys are going to fall at this premier level into that 19, 20-year-old range. So you're going to get guys from all walks, right? You, you look at the – if you go to the Facebook page of the Twin City Thunder and you see some of the guys they're adding on this year, they're from all over. I mean, you've got you got fellows coming in from Chicago. you got guys coming in that have played in Quebec there in the, the major junior hockey league. You, you have players from all over the world, all over the country, that are going to be coming into Maine there to play some high-level hockey. But it's 16 to 21 there is really the range you're going to hit. The premier level, you're going to see more of those older guys that are really battling for that chance, that last spot. And, and it really creates a good style of hockey that's going to be fun to watch. What, um, how, do, how does one build a team for this? You know what I mean? Like, how does that whole thing go? I think people saw, like, for example, they saw the, the Vegas Golden Knights last year build a hockey team. You know what I mean? Yep. Which, is, which is, you know, kind of how they did it. How is, how is a, a hockey team kind of built and put together in the offseason in the USPHL? Lucas, if you want to field this one, I think you're the, uh, the brains behind the organization here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it basically comes down to a little bit of, you know, kind of coaching philosophy. I know Dan and I had talked last year on the show about how we would build our own team, and I think Dan, being the flashier of the pair, decided to go offense first. You know, you build your forward lines first, and then you, you fill in the rest of the team. Uh, myself, I prefer more to fill in the goaltender and the defensive side of the, of the ice first. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer that defense wins championships. I know it's a little maybe more old school. But, um, you know, once you decide on a kind of a philosophy, it's, it's reaching out. You know, it's reaching out to other teams. It's, it's scouting. You know, we not only do, you know, we look at players from really all around the country, but, you know, scouts from all around the country are always looking at these players. You know, if you're familiar with the junior hockey landscape, it, it seems like every kid's got a scouting report on them, you know, with all the leagues that they've played for and, and everything that they've done, sometimes down to, you know, individual games. So a team like this, when it's wrapped up, you know, they, they try to recruit as much hometown talent as they can, and they, they branch out. You know, they, they take a look at the surrounding teams, the surrounding areas, 
you know, grab kids from that might be playing, you know, on a high school team or a different team. I know the Twin City Thunder specifically have grabbed some kids from uh, from other teams inside the USPHL. Uh, they've grabbed some kids from even other divisions. I know they have Nick Malik, who was previously with the Boston Junior Bruins, um, and the Boston Bandits, you know, both teams inside the USPHL. Uh, they've got kids like Matt Hanlon, who's from Chicago, Illinois, who was previously playing for the Colorado Thunderbirds. So it's it's not to use mix and match, but you know that kind of sums up the best way to almost describe how teams get built in the off season, especially new teams. What kind of uh, rules in that league would be different than high school versus the pros? What what? Is there an in-between? What are, the, what are the rules that we could expect to be a little bit different? So you're going to see more of a, a college style of hockey, right? You're going to see a lot more bigger ice. You're going to see a lot of these teams that are, that are wearing the cages rather than the visors. I mean, some of these guys from the Midwest will still wear the visor. It's more of a toughness thing for those folks out there, as we all know, in the hockey world. But it's, it's going to be a, a college style game. You're, you're going to see players being prepared to go to college when you look at some of the competitors in the market they're pushing for e one or bust and they're pushing for let's get these guys to the nhl but when you look at the percentages you look at the numbers that's that's a, a failing model in a lot of cases right it's a it's a case that leaves a lot of guys out there there's only 60 division one schools throughout the country and i mean that's there's something being missed there with that model and that's something that the USPHL teams like the Twin City Thunders, are, 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 they're trying to prepare their players for, is the, the ability to play a college style of hockey. So it's, it's not going to be anything too different from what you see. You know, It's not an arena football. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here in the USPHL. It's hockey as you're used to seeing it, but it will, it will model more of an NCAA game. Now, would some of those kids have already been drafted, but they, they feel like they need more seasoning? So in, in the premier level, you don't run into as many draft picks. A lot of times you'll run into guys that maybe were playing up in Canada and got, a, got an unfair shake of it, or maybe they've been bounced around in another league just to a point where they can't take it anymore. Maybe they're a guy who never who was from Maine who never thought they'd have a chance to play a high level of hockey in Maine and wound up going halfway across the country to play a game. And next thing you know, they're, they're back in Maine playing hockey. I mean, when you get to the NCDC level, you will find some of those guys in this model where they've, they've kind of had their chance, they've bounced back out, but usually the draft choices come towards the end of the, of the season here with a, a junior hockey team. That, that NHL model, they're, they're drafting guys at 16 and 17 usually as they're coming out of that high school rank rather than drafting guys in, in between here. These are guys who are trying to get themselves to college to make that next step from college or possibly getting a, a draft choice out of the season here. Talking with Lucas Jones and Dan Kay, talking about the USPHL and the Twin City Thunder. I thought Wing was going to ask a question, but he's not going to ask a question, so I will ask a question. I thought he had something. No, it's okay. Um, we, we try to, it's funny, we don't really talk about who's going to do what before the interviews, so I try to take the verbal cues, and sometimes I miss the verbal cue. So that was me calling on myself for missing a verbal cue or creating a verbal cue that was possibly not there. You know, I'll tell you what, if you watch the Dan K show to the folks watching here, it's a lot of that too. We kind of call ourselves America's Gong Show. If you're a 
hot and sandy, you know what a gong show is. So we, we tend to have a lot of those uh, verbal cues and uh, visual cues missed as well. Multiple, multiple times. How did you guys start? Like, uh, I mean, you guys are you guys are talking hockey, doing all, all sorts of things all the time. You're very focused on the USPHL. How did you guys get started in this, and how has this thing evolved since you started? So, yeah, so I actually got started off with the Philadelphia Flyers. I was working uh, working in sports, bouncing around from network to network, kind of filling it together, and, and next thing you know, I got an opportunity with the Philadelphia Flyers. They had a junior hockey team in the USPHL, and they needed a play-by-play announcer and a director of media. Uh, I wound up taking the job. They found out later that my last name is Kemchek. They thought that meant I was a big-time hockey star. It was not. I'm a baseball player. Um, but luckily, my long Polish last name got me an opportunity, <laughs> and we uh, we started to really build something there. It was it was it was a good product. The team took itself to a championship. The the viewership was up. Folks were starting to watch. We were getting more recruits from the ability to to really portray the game in a real sense, in a professional sense. And as the league grew, they they took me on to the league. They asked me to do this show, the Dan Kay Show, and I went to Lucas, who at the time was running a beer podcast so i don't know how i got him off of that i but i was <laughs> that's able a great to question get lucas off of the beer podcast somehow and <laughs> he came in and basically took over the the whole inner workings of this thing yeah, i kind of uh i kind of was i was running kind of the technical side for a craft beer podcast at the time that was focused on like you know local beers and the whole scene and and when dan asked for some help with the technical aspect of things you know dan and i had done actually sports commentary in high school together. Um, we, he was the play-by-play guy. I was the color commentary guy. And, and so not much has changed in that sense since, since high school. Um, but I, I handled, you know, the technical side of things, getting us launched. And, and then after that, it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's a cliched phrase, but I, I, you know, I have to use it. It's, we've grown very organically. You know, we've, we've seen where we, can, where we can do more and where we can, you know, highlight players and, we, we spend a lot of time at events. Um, if you see a guy running around in a bright white suit and a bow tie, that's Dan. Uh, if you see someone in a regular suit in the corner shaking his head, that's going to be me. Um, and aside from that, you know, we've just kind of, you know, like I said, figured out, you know, who can we support? Can we, can we go to these premier and elite teams and try to highlight some players that we know are good, that we've seen play, that we know are, are great kids who are focused on their development, focused on their education, you know, how can we promote these guys and almost give them a voice? You know, how can we take some teams that may not be, you know, on the East Coast, you know, your, your Islanders Hockey Club or your Jersey Hitmen, how can we promote these teams and give them, you know, this, this exposure that is really helpful, especially in a league that's focused on development. So I feel like the, the show has kind of grown very organically from, uh, from a, a start. Where this is our fourth year doing the show now. You know, it's it's funny. I've always wanted a Calgary Hitman jersey. Like I've always I've liked those. I've liked those. Uh, I've always liked those jerseys. I like the color combo. You know, that's that's one of the things about hockey. Like, there's so many leagues. That means there's so many jerseys you can wear. And then, like, you know, I think it's great when somebody recognizes a jersey when you wear one. You know what I mean? With a player on it or whatever. Like, I just think it's it's a great conversation starter. Oh, I'll tell you what. In this league, with the with the size of it, you get all kinds of names. I mean, there's. There's a team joining the league this year in the premier level with the Twin City Thunder, the Pittsburgh Vengeance. And I mean, for a name like Vengeance to be on a jersey, I'm going to be buying that thing in about three weeks. Oh, yeah. You have to. Oh, right? yeah. 
Must. You absolutely have to. Now, how often <laughs> How often are you guys planning on getting up to Maine? Are, are you planning on getting up here for, to see the thunder? Are you, you getting up to, you know, you're going to be making the, 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 the romp and the run here soon? Is there a helicopter, a, 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 a USPHL helicopter you guys can use maybe? A private jet? I wish there was a helicopter, I'll tell you what. But we, uh, we'll be making our way up there for sure. We've been talking with the team, talking with Coach Friedman there. And, and we're definitely going to be covering these guys. I mean, last year we had the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs launch up there, who may just turn into your rival. I think they're happy to be it. They're already talking a little bit of Twin City Thunder trash. But. I'll tell you what, Monarchs fans <laughs> from the Manchester days when they were when they were the uh, 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 the Portland Pirates' main rival in the AHL, they brought a large, loud traveling contingent. They would be behind you at the Civic Center with cowbells full cowbells going on so that was how it was for the ahl team when they were with the kings i can imagine that they're going to be about the same way uh, regardless because there's usually passionate fans in manchester for their hockey teams and they travel yeah, lucas, well what's the thing lucas that they created they have a fan with a fog oh right yeah they they have a, a fan who's kind of and I, I have to imagine he's built this himself um it's basically like one of those one of those regular air horns, but he's attached like a compressed air tank like you find on a paintball gun. Um, and he brings it to every rink that the Monarchs go play at. Um, I didn't even realize it until we were at the New England Sports Center for a showcase, and I'm walking around taking pictures. And behind me, I hear the foghorn go off, and he yells, Dan K Show! And blasts the foghorn a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, so we're gonna we're definitely gonna be up there. We we took in the New Hampshire Monarchs home opener last year and they're they're uh, each row into the league and we'll be up there for the Twin City Thunder at least a handful of times I'm sure. I mean you'll see us bouncing around, we'll get people on camera. We like to do uh, basically a college game day setup live from these events, so you'll get the whole rigmarole up there when we get there. Well, yeah, hopefully, that studio is not very far. Yeah, our studio is right across the street, so I'm hoping you'll get in on studio, and uh, you know we can we can make that happen too, and then we oh, can. Trust me, I'm always I'm always happy to get in front of a mic. I, I love to hear my own voice. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good, and we we have headphones, so you can listen to yourself <laughs> hey, talk while you're doing it, and Facebook so, Live. Yeah, and we do it you. on Facebook Live and everything else as well. So, and that way, people have proof that you're actually in Maine. You know, see, everybody wins. We're gonna need that. that yeah, is, I, uh, we'll have to show <laughs> us to the bosses <laughs> and the higher ups in the league. Yeah. I totally. I totally. Expense that baby, I mean, those, see? yeah. That Here's yeah, the video this of it is, right yeah. here. This is why, you know, <laughs> that's that's how that goes, man. That's great. Did you have to stay four days? Well, maybe not. Maybe but, you know, <laughs> that's but that's not the point, you know. That's not oh, what we're exactly. getting at here. Talking with Lucas Jones and Dan K from the Dan K Show. Of course, you can find them on Facebook. Where where can folks find uh, uh, find the Dan K Show? I know you guys are on Facebook, but I'm sure you guys are on other places as well. Yep, yeah, we're also on uh, we're on Twitter, the at the Dan K Show. You can find us there. You can find us on Facebook, as you said, the Dan K Show. We also have a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to. That's the Dan K Show. And easy enough, if you just go to usphl.com, we have all the episodes loaded up on there. You're right on the front page. You don't even have to go searching for it. You scroll down, you click on the Dan K Show, and you can see what the latest things are that are happening with us. Do you have a favorite player interview you've done, profile that you've done on, on someone? Oh, Is it man, tough to I narrow it down? We have a bunch. It's tough to narrow it down, but I will tell you, we, we got a chance to talk with the youngest Van Riemsdyk brother who was playing for the Islanders Hockey Club, who huh? you folks will be playing up there in Twin City early in the season. And uh, he is definitely a guy to look out for on these NHL draft watch lists. He's playing 
up at uh, UNH there in the New Hampshire area. And, and he was, we did a whole day in the life with him. We followed him around. We, we got to meet some of the Van Riemsdyk family there and have some talk about the, the Stanley Cup being lifted. But, yeah, it was, uh, that was definitely a one-of-a-kind interview. It was, a, it was a fun one. We've also uh, had a chance to interview Christoph Oliwa a few times. Those of you who are big-time hockey fans will know him as one of the best fighters in NHL history. And uh, Christoph is hes actually living out in Kalkaska, Michigan now. He's a former NJ Devil, and he is a one-of-a-kind man from Poland. He's, he's a, one of the most interesting folk I've ever met. Lucas Jones and Dan Kay from the Dan Kay Show talked about the USPHL and the Twin City Thunder. Twin City Thunder will be kicking off their season real soon over at the Norway Savings Bank Ice Arena. Lucas and Dan will be a part of that coverage and uh, looking forward to seeing them in studio and talking to them on the regular about the things that they see around the league. Guys, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us. All right, guys. See you later. Thank you. And by the way, I'm going to I'm going to give you guys like a total gold star here. Whatever phone setup you used was absolutely perfect yeah. because you guys were the perfect tone. You guys are the best phone guest I've had in weeks. So thank you. Oh, come okay. On. All right. Good job, Lucas. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> good job on the tech side. I might have Lucas come up and look at the stuff that we do with yeah. NBR here tech yeah, side. Maybe he can smooth <laughs> some stuff out for me, you know? I'm totally down with that. Totally down with that. If we're going to be up there for, you know, four, five, 10, 11 days, you know, you might as well come and take a look. You know? Lucas, I may just, I, I'm, I might just pick your brain and just, you know, is there anything we can do about the process here? You can be, you can be a consultant, you know, it'll work out. It'll be great. I would love that. That All sounds right. great. Sounds great. All right, guys. Uh, great to virtually meet you. I'll see you uh, for real soon and uh, talk to you soon. See you soon, guys. Thank you. you. Lucas Jones, Dan Kay, the Dan Kay Show on Facebook and Twitter. Talking about the USPHL and the Twin City Thunder. Here on the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. I had a question for you, Jim. Do yeah. you, does Oak Hill have any kids that will be continuing to play hockey this year? Yeah. Uh, th- this will be, I think, our fourth or fifth year in the co-op. Um, we had a female last year uh, play with Lewiston. Uh, she's she's graduated. But, uh, yeah, we still have some uh, kids coming up through the feeder program. I, I interviewed some of the guys over at Oak Hill in, in Jeff's old office. Uh, oh, okay, yep. To see what it was like when you play on a co-op team, and but it's not really your school, sure. you know. And and uh, they they were really pleased. They said that you know you guys gave the put the scores on. I said, you know, you guys can do that, you know. Right. Fill out the thing and make sure they read it on the announcements or put it online or whatever. And um, they no, they thought there was plenty of support at Oak Hill for what they were doing. Well, now now that uh, Levitt joined the co-op, I think there's a little bit more sustainability there because they carry a lot of numbers with yeah. it. So um, we were a little worried uh, once the cycle went through whether we would have enough. But no, we're gonna we're gonna be part of it again. Good, good to hear. We are gonna take a break, and we're gonna have the fourth quarter coming up. Knew he was going to say that. It's time. It's a good time. Usually about five till. I'm trying to get it so that we actually kind of have a hard break every day. Trying to get trained a little bit. Trying to get tight. <laughs> Funny story. Beelis Daily, Spectrum Health Partner Studios, across the NBR Radio Network. You're listening to the Beelis Daily on Sports Time Maine, AM 780, WTME, Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners. An all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. 
four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care, where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com ortho. That's spectrumhcp.com ortho. We believe in better, a better way to invest, a better way to serve you, and a better result. At Frisbee & Associates, we can help you determine how much risk you're taking, red flags that could be potential problems for you, how much you're paying in fees and commissions, potential tax liability, and how to address Social Security. For your free consultation, call Kevin Frisbee at 241-7430. Frisbee & Associates is located in Rumford, Brewer, and in Lewiston at 656 Main Street. Call 241-7430 online at frisbeebenefits.com. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave Moisture Control Units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's one 800 I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org. The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org. 
Bring your talents to PepsiCo. If you have a Class A CDL and you are 21 or older, apply for a new career at PepsiCo in Auburn as a full-time relief driver with a competitive benefits package beginning on day one, including medical, dental, vision, legal, paid holidays, and vacations, and a 401k plan with company match. Our drivers are home every night and earn $20.50 to $22.40 per hour. Now offering a $1,500 sign-on bonus, PepsiCo is an equal opportunity employer. Apply online at pepsijobs.com. Sabilis Daly from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR radio network. Wrapping up the show today, start of the fourth quarter here. We talked to Lucas Jones and Dan Kay from the Dan Kay Show. We talked to Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Jim Palmer from Oak Hill, the athletic director from Oak Hill in studio today. Jim, any, uh, any teams in the fall that you think uh, are going to surprise people in any any of the sports? You know, you you kind of got your ear to the ground around locally, in your league and whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, I I, I think uh, our the football league will be a little little bit interesting just because of the uh, some of the teams dropping down. Realignment, to sure. yeah. So I I think that's going to be anybody's. I think Madison's going to be strong again there, and obviously uh, Wells is going to be uh, a team to beat Way again. Got it rolling. Yep. But uh, no, and I, and I and I think uh, we're going to be very competitive in football. I think we're going to be uh, competitive in uh, field hockey again. Uh, we're we're in Class C, so I think we, we had a, a real young team last year. So uh, I think they're going to gel, and then uh, our, our soccer teams are going to be strong too. We are, you know, soccer is tough for us because we play that Class B playoff. We we play a Class C schedule for the most part, and then we go into the playoffs and, and play Class B teams. But uh, our girls have been in the uh, MVC championship game the last couple of years, and and the boys uh, made the playoffs uh, last year for the first time in, in four or five years. So, um. you know, it's always a debate, and I went through it when we moved from the mid main conference that was kind of folding up to the KVAC. You know, we end up being the, one of the smallest schools, sure, and and so on. And uh, it's hard. Teams, schools want to, they want to be able to do both, and sometimes that isn't always possible. And I said, when you told me you were going to move to the to the Mountain Valley Conference, I said, good, you're going to be in the place where you should be as far as week by week, game by game competition. That's yeah. exactly where you should be, and your teams have done well. Because you're you're not the biggest school, but you're you're at least in the top half. Right. And then, But then when you go to the playoffs, you're, you're back down to being the smallest school again. And, uh, and that's tough, because I know teams always want that playoff victory and and so on but you know it's all those seasons are long and i always said boy to feel great about yourself all year long sometimes 
beats that one or two great playoff games. I mean, it really for me it does. Yeah, and and we talked a lot about it, Dave, and and, and I took a lot of what you said uh, when we discussed it. But I, I just thought it was going to be more beneficial for our athletes to have a a 500 plus season of um, of success and maybe get to a playoff game. We've we've upset a couple teams in the playoffs uh, in, in B. We did it in baseball. We did it in uh, uh, softball one year as opposed to having a sub uh, sub 500 year not even sniffing the playoffs and uh, you know now now kids are saying is it really worth it to go out and play and and I, I think it's been a, a good change for us and I think um, you know numbers are always changing and, and our enrollment has declined to the point that we might be um, close to see now so we'll see what happens sure the uh, it's the field hockey thing is an interesting story because I'm, I'm forgetting her name uh, Betsy, Betsy was, was the coach originally. Correct. And uh, she played there, went to high school there. She she was the coach originally, and it just didn't seem to fit together. And But while she was doing it, she went back, and besides being the high school coach, really got into the youth program and built it up. I mean, really worked it hard. And then suddenly other things happened in her life, and she decided to pull away from coaching at the high school level. Other people did it for, uh, I don't know, two or three years. years. Yeah. And then she came back because you needed a coach, and suddenly all the work she put in yeah. to bring on all those kids from underneath, wow, have you guys been good in the last several yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's and definitely, you couldn't have to a nicer person because she worked hard she's for She's great, it. yeah. Uh, she definitely is reaping the benefits of the time that she put in with that that uh, feeder program. And, and to be honest, if she didn't do it at that time, I'm not sure that we'd have field hockey at Oak Hill because n- nobody at the time was willing to step up and, and get involved with the feeder program. And she said, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and watch it go. So she got involved and uh, now those, those young girls are playing for her at the high school level. That's great. The, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, this year I know I, I talked to Chad Stoll, the baseball coach, and you know, they had bare minimum of, of kids, a couple extras. And one guy that kind of rotated around, whoever pitched, he took their place in the field. And, you know, they, they did some pretty creative things. They and, did. and I think I enjoyed it. The kids, I know two of the kids come over and shovel my roof off in the winter. And they hadn't, they couldn't wait for baseball to start. So, but anyway, I talked to him about, geez, what's the future look like? Because Oak Hill's always been so good in baseball. But he said, no, we got a lot of kids coming. There's a lot of kids playing in the middle school. The, the youth program looks really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Coach Stoll did a tremendous job with what, what he had for numbers uh, this past spring. And, and you know how sometimes you get that, that small group and you build a little bit of a chemistry because you, you don't have all the outside stuff going on. I think that kind of happened with this group. But uh, Coach Druin, who used to coach at Oak Hill, is, is involved at the youth level because oh. his son's coming up through. Uh, so the middle school number, and he was coaching middle school for us this past year, the middle school numbers, we had we had uh, 20, 25 kids playing, so that, that definitely is a, a good sign for, for the future. You know, we talked about uh, uh, one of my sister's best friends is the Brewer coach, Dana Corey, and, uh, you know, Brewer's a good-sized school. You know, they, they've been B in football and, and A for a while, and uh, I saw it, he posted on uh either Twitter or Facebook or one of his friends did, you know, they won uh, their league and all that stuff, uh, state championship, I think, maybe, baseball and softball. Yeah. Their numbers were, he, he didn't have very many kids on Vasi JVs. I mean, I think he had enough to make a team each, but right. barely, Yeah. which is a shock to me. They've always been so good in, in uh, baseball. And uh, 
So I think we're all struggling with numbers. You know, the, the enrollment in all our schools has dropped, at least in the north, north and central Maine. Uh, but I think interest too. I think there's other things in kids' lives that are pulling them away and not sure what the, any, any thoughts on what the answer is to get them back? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you guys have dis- discussed this with other ADs and other um, uh, guests, but, uh, you know, it's just discouraging that, that you don't see the three-sport athlete anymore that you used to see, that they're specializing in, in one sport. And uh, and to be honest with you, I, I think they're burning out in that sport and, and the wear and tear of using the same exact muscles for that sport uh, can wear you down. So, you know, I, I, I just think the three sport athlete is so important or, or even the two sport athlete. And, uh, especially at Oak Hill, we're not a big enough school to not have those, uh, athletes because, you know, an enrollment size of 400 to 420 isn't enough to, uh, put full teams out there. So, you know, and, and I'm not sure about outside organizations, AU teams and all-star teams. And, and those are great. Um, but I'm not sure kids are, um, you know, uh, burning out and just not wanting to play when they sure. get older. Well, a couple of things. Hathaway talked about that. He said, you know, not only is the hands-off period good for the kids, it's great for me. He said, I coach football and basketball. I, we don't do anything. We They close the weight room. He said, no, I'm, going, I'm gone. Yeah. Don't even call me. I'm not interested in anything. I need this time to recharge before it starts. The other thing I was going to say about those small schools like Oak Hill and most of the schools I worked in, scouting was pretty good at the time I was there, and so was Bangor. But other than that, pretty small. And uh, as, as much of a pain, and he'll love me saying this, as Bill Fairchild used to be about his team, his time, yeah. his whatever, he was adamant, you know. But, however, he knew very well a small school, let's say Jim Palmer's in the play, and he needs to be at practice or at the, when the production is or whatever. Right. The only thing he ever asked was, let me know ahead of time. Right. We'll figure something out. Yeah. I almost couldn't believe Bill Fitch <laughs> to be saying something so reasonable. Right. You know, because he, he, when he coaches, he is so demanding. Yeah. And gets so much out of his kids. Uh, but he understood what a small school is all about. Because yeah. if Jim Palmer suddenly says, you know, do I want to listen to him yelling in my ear when I can go to the I don't. I don't need to play baseball. I, I'm in the plays. I can do other things. Right. And he he figured that out pretty pretty early on. I think before even I got there. Pretty yeah. Sure. Yeah. You touched on uh, hands off period too <laughs> a little bit, and uh, you know, I I don't know how most people feel about this, but the the, the summer is uh, it, we're they're asking a lot of kids now in the summer, and I and I I just really um, kids need to have that break, and it, it's kind of kind of sad that we have to have a hands-off period why don't we you know just naturally have some time off where kids can can be with families and and uh, i'm experiencing it with my own kids now we're we're trying to schedule our whole summer around them getting to stuff and, and i get it it's keeping up with you know the the next town over because they're going to be practicing we got to practice too but um it's just I, I just wish we could find a better balance for that for our for our athletes we jason fuller said didn't he maddie almost exactly the same words that uh, he said, I, I'd like to see more limits put on. And he said, I understand that that's, not, that's controversial because there's so much AAU. And the, the one worry I have, I like the idea that maybe there's, let's say you have a basketball team. Let, let's say you can only play 15 games instead of 25 or 30. I don't know what the limitations are. Linda Laughlin used to say, and you know Linda. Yeah. Uh, great coach in her own right and a, and a 
now assistant superintendent in the Mes- at Mesonski area, she used to say, you know, the more we pull away and don't do things, the and I'm not against AAU, but all those other people who aren't teachers and whatever kind of move in. They yeah. have more contact, and we have less. So she was always worried about that. Let's make sure our kids are with us if we can. Uh, the people that are going to have as coaches. You know, we always worry about the fact that you get the Pied Piper coach who says, hey, Pom, I don't want you playing basketball anymore. Yeah. We really need you. It's a killer. Uh, it hurts the other sports. You and I agree it hurts the, that particular kid because they focus on one. I I love that. The other thing, I like that kid who plays more than one sport to play for me because they're always competitive. Right. They're put in different situations. They're put in different another, situations. They learn to think on their feet, you know, and so on. Well, that, you know, th- this is another uh, old school thought, but that that's how we grew up. We we played backyard, you know, at the park or All something. Like that. Yeah. And, and that's how we figured things out. Uh, we didn't have somebody structuring it every minute of every game, uh, and and you just kind of learn how to do stuff in a game that you, you can get away with. You know, you learn how to steal a base uh, without getting picked off, and and that type of stuff, and. Um, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, but that's that's just we don't see that anymore. We no, we talked about that a lot. When Haley comes in on Thursdays, we talk about how much time we spent alone. Grab a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'll be home for supper. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you were gone all day. When the street lights come on, yeah, really. Right. Right. Time to come home. <laughs> you hear my my mother had used to have a bell. Yeah, when, when you, you bell, when you finally couldn't see the baseball <laughs> yeah. anymore, or it unraveled, yeah. you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we used to do that even in ice hockey. As much as, you know, we had the kids for practice and you only had an hour, but we always said when we put our practice plans together um, at a particular level, we used to have two or three teams practice at the same time to save costs and whatever. We'd say, okay, here's our pr- plan up until the 50-minute mark. And then we're going to say to kids, all right, everybody over here quick, all right, we want you to do crazy stuff with the puck. Yeah. Have you know? Flip it. Be creative. Uh, yeah. Be creative. Do something, yeah. and just sit back and make sure nobody get hurt. But yeah. let them experience freelancing and never mind staying in a lane and whatever. And I always felt that our kids had a pretty good sense for, you know, when somebody's trapping or when somebody's trying to always make you go to the left or yeah. all the things. They had some thought that they might be able to do something different. Yeah. And they had fun. John Wooden used to say. We all run sprints at the end of practice. He said, not me. I run them early on so that they have to practice a little bit tired. And at the end, I let them have fun. So fun. I wanted yeah. to come back tomorrow. Yeah. What a, great, what a great idea. Yeah. But, you know, Maddie was saying the same thing. You know, in high school, and I know it's different. I understand where parents are, and especially the helicopter parents who are going to take their kid to every clinic and every opportunity they can. And I, I understand that. I my kid played a lot of things, uh, all three sports. Uh, my daughter played two, and they were busy. Yeah. But I think it can be too much sometimes. Where's the family barbecue and the the sitting out, you know, roasting marshmallows? And yeah. Not that you can't do that when no. they're playing other things, but think about what kids, they got the Legion game. They got the basketball practice. They got football weightlifting. They, you know, the, all the things, seven on seven, all good things. Yeah. I'm not debating any of that. But if somebody says to me, I can't beat a 7-7 seven because seven we get a basketball game tonight, well, you don't necessarily like it. Right. But you understand that, you know, they, they have other interests too. It, it, I think it's a tough one. Yeah. And it, Jason Fuller said the same thing you did. I don't know how we, I don't want to over-regulate it, but by the same token, 
if if so, if somebody said KVAC basketball coaches and they only play each other, let's say we're not going to have summer basketball, what would happen? Right, right, you yeah. Because by the time February comes in the tournament or March or whatever, when they're funny in it, you'll have worked out all the advantages those guys got in the summer. Right. That played in the South when you play them in the tournament. Big deal. Right. You know, I think the hard part is if you don't only if you only play each other, you could do something like that. As soon as you go outside and you face a team early on that said 20 games in the summer, you could be at a little bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no basketball expert, but, you know. Yeah, yeah I think it's tough. Well, I, you know, I think the 7-on-7 the seven seven football is um, a little bit of a different different animal because that is kind of fun for those kids. Mm. Um, you know, they, they uh, it's not the same type of football that you see uh, on Friday nights and Saturday during the regular season, so it's a little bit different. But uh, but then, you you know, you, you don't have a lot of stuff for the big guys, the linemen, so you gotta, they have yeah. the big man competition. They have big man competition. It's been fun. Je- Jeff Wright developed a whole bunch of things. He yeah. gave it to Madison, and they put it on. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, you, you want to try to build that feeling of a team and whatever and i i said we had the uh, emerson spencer the polling coach on and i i said to maddie after if there was anything that i might have said to him if he'd asked was my advice would do as many team building things as you can uh when you first get started with them you know like my example is lay a top down all right you 20 guys are on the top we've got to turn that top over and no one can step off the top onto the grass at all at any time yeah so first of all, they have to figure out how to scrunch to one side, move it, move over, pull it under. Yeah, work all together. The things yeah. work together, and some leader will develop. Right, you'll find. He says, out. "No, no, we'll hold it, guys," and it has a good style and whatever. Um, if I had it to do over again in coaching, I'd probably spend more time doing a little bit of that. I started to do that a little bit towards the end of my coaching career. With uh, I, I did it more so in baseball, just because of the numbers. Football it gets to be a little bit tough, but yeah. you can do it. But um, and I, th- I think our coach at Oak Hill, Stace, and all our coaches have done a great job of trying to, to do a lot of team building. Uh, he, he calls them Raider days, where they, they don't do anything with football, but they just do. Uh, they go to the movies and watch a movie together. They um, have a barbecue. They just do a bunch of different things that uh, aren't football related, but uh, build some build some uh, team bonding. Nice. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. Well, I think. It's it's kind of what we're seeing with the what the Red Sox and Yankees hired for a manager. You know, there's a lot of different, there's a whole myriad of spectrum of what kind of manager or coach or leader you can have. And one of the things my wife does in the USA Hockey, she doesn't, runs clinics for beginning coaches. And she talks about what, what kind of a, a leader do you want to be? And you put... You know, they all, they, who are they? Well, there's Wooden, there's Belichick, there's, you know, they name them all off. Some people actually name their high school coach right. or whatever. And then you say, think about them. What were they like? What, you know, oh, you could always go to him. You could count on him. He, when he told you something, it was the truth and, you know, whatever. And, and uh, I think we're seeing those right now, major league teams, for instance, want the guy that can identify with those young, young athletes, yeah. young players like Mookie Betts. And hold them accountable, and yet understand who they are, and enjoy and and appreciate who they are, and uh, that's not easy. Well, I was gonna say, isn't that the tricky part to to, <laughs> to be that young style coach and not get too close to the athletes, where uh, you're you're one of them now, and you're not necessarily manager. I think that's a that's a tricky balance. Uh, it is. We talked about uh, 
I'm not sure talk was the right word. There was a rant about about uh, about Aaron Boone, and it was the day after they had just played horribly. The it was a pass ball, and Sanchez flubbed around with oh, it. Yeah, yeah. There were two or three things, and they asked him in the interview afterwards. He's already starting to shake his head. <laughs> well, what did you think about that? And he comments, you know, whatever. And his reply was, "Well, I didn't see it. I'll have to wait and look at it after on film." It's like, what? What do you mean? You didn't see it? Everybody else saw it. What were you looking at? You yeah. know, I mean, and that that kind of stuff. I, it didn't set well, I'm sure, with the fans, and I gotta believe it doesn't set well with the players either. Yeah, you know. I, and now that's a tough question to ask when you've got a guy that didn't hustle or made two or three stupid plays. Belichick's always pretty good about that. He doesn't throw the player under the bus, but he says we've all got to be better. I've got the coach better. We've got to pay more. He always couches it that way. Yeah, which I admire. Yeah, because he's so crusty in all the other ways that. People don't question him anyway because they're not going to do any good. Well, and the first thing he does is blames himself, you know, yeah. or, or points himself out that I could have done, I should have done a better job in all facets of the game. You know, last night they played horribly in the first half, all, all phases. Matter of fact, Gilmore, we really didn't mention him when we talked about it. Didn't play well at all defensive back. Later in the game, he did, but in the first half, he couldn't, he didn't, couldn't cover anybody. So they interviewed Belichick just before he went at halftime, and he and they got a decent drive at the end of the half to get the field goal. Belichick go with that. I'm like, then he goes, it was 38 seconds of good football. And then he turned and walked <laughs> off. It's like, whoa. I said, my wife was, we were both reading and watching the same time. I said to her, they're going to they're gonna kick their butts in the second half. He is pissed. And yeah. boy, they came out totally different team in the second half. Have you ever seen that Belichick t-shirt where he's got like, I don't know, 15 uh, pictures of himself, same facial expression yeah. that says happy, <laughs> sad. Yeah, it's exactly the same. <laughs> same yeah. Th- yeah, classic, isn't That's it? Funny. Yeah, you wouldn't have any idea if they're up by twenty or down by twenty. The one difference in that we've decided seems to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. All the con- we we've been talking about. He's been texting him, congratulating him after games. Oh yeah, and we're going. Who, who did he ever do that with? Yeah, before? right. You know, once he once they're once gone, you're gone. You're gone. You're, go, you're dead to me. He doesn't know you your name. About? Yeah, but you know that's what everybody thinks happens. We don't know that he actually right. is that way at all. That's yeah. what his that's what his demeanor looks like. Yeah. You know the amazing thing that we've said many times though is we still don't see any of those guys, including Malcolm Butler. Very seldom say negative things about the Patriots after, after they leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So there were some guys that that came out last night. Devin Lucian had a good game last night. Um, Of course, he was uh, selected in the seventh round of the 2016 draft. Um, You know, you never know what's going to happen. I I remember Bam Childress was supposed to be the guy. Remember Bam Childress? I know the name. (coughs) Bam Childress was supposed to be the man. The Patriots have had trouble, Belichick included, drafting wide receivers and defensive backs. I think the other positions, he has been a master at what fits his team. Uh, the new guy they just picked up from Cincinnati is a perfect example. A cast-off, he's going to be great. You watch. He is going to be – because I think, I think Gillisley's gone. This guy's going to take his place, uh, and he looked great. You know, the old stat like it's going off the edge and then plant and run right straight up the field, and everybody either overruns it or can't get there in time. And then he cuts back on the defensive back and puts a, he's sick, 200, 230 pounds. He yeah. puts hurting on him. Yeah. And, geez, I was so excited watching him run. It was like, wow. 
really was great. So, but he finds those guys. And Webb is going to almost like another, I don't know if he can catch the ball very well. He's almost like another Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Who ever heard of him? Well, we got him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has a, a knack for finding those guys. Um, it's almost like he's got a little uh, chart of what he's looking for, and then he goes out and looks and finds them uh, when people don't want him anymore. But Well, I say some of his best moves and trades have been once preseason starts, and he realizes that wing guy, he, I thought he was going to be better, so we need a such and such. Boom. He finds a guy from somewhere. Hey, by the way, we were talking about uh, the Brown, the tackle, Trent Brown, is it? Mm-hmm. That guy's a monster. He's not small. He, <laughs> in the huddle, those guys were all 6'5". Yeah. He, he's, they were all up to here on him. Towers mm-hmm. over. And yeah. so they showed a play. Oh, my God, it was, it was fantastic. Remind me of talking about the announcers. And it was a pitch to the wide, and the tackle just squid the face of the end and turned up. Yeah. He's running for no problem ahead of the offensive back, and then... Puts his hands and just drills some poor defensive back into the sideline. The back turns up inside and picks up about eight or nine. I mean, they ran it back three or four times saying, look at that guy run. Oh, yeah, he was very athletic. He was a good player with San Francisco. Oh, just didn't, didn't fit man. there, and they weren't expecting to re-sign him. I don't think he fit their scheme. Here's Belichick last night before the half. Well, joining me now is Patriot head coach Bill Belichick. And, Coach, preseason football is not about winning or losing. But what did you hope to get out of the first half? Uh, we need to do pretty much everything better just – not good enough in any area. Was it good to see good situational football scoring at the end of the half anyway? Yeah, about 38 seconds of good football. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot to get going on. All right. Good luck in the second half, Coach. Thank you. All right. Boy. That's head coach Bill Belichick. Guys, Classic. let's go back up to you. Classic. 31 seconds. What? Uh, that's it. That's what you get for your halftime interview. That's that's you know. What do you think a reporter's thinking when they when somebody tells them, "Oh, you got to go interview Belichick." Well, I mean, <laughs> I think in that situation they're like, they well, you know. got to couch it in the way you know you, you kind of know what you're going to get. But you know what? It told us exactly what he was thinking. Yeah. Didn't he? I mean, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I was going to say? The broadcast. Sochi's pretty good. I, I don't mind him at all. Uh, what's his name? The the former quarterback. Zolak. All he did was dump on people. Uh, Nikovich was on the sideline. He said, what's with those pants? They're too tight. What what kind of shoes you got on? It was like, what? What do I want to do with all that? That I was, I don't know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't care for it. But. That's what he does, you know. Is that the, ra- that's not, is that the radio group? That's the radio that's group. The radio they move group over. Now? Yeah, they move over at that point. Well, I tell you what, there was a little collective panic, wasn't there, in New England when everybody was looking for the game. Yeah, and I said it's always on Channel Eight. They don't they don't do football anymore, but they do that game for yeah. some reason. So all the preseason games are always on ABC. Man, oh man, yeah. And last night it wasn't on the guide, so people were confused. No, no. <laughs> yeah, and everybody reaches out to me because I'm the yeah. guy who knows, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. You know how it is, Jim. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time out of your great. summer today to pop in. Thanks for Appreciate thanks it. for having me. Things are going to get busy here uh, starting on Monday, so yeah, look, look, looking we, forward to it. We tried to have we had Todd Sampson on and Ramich, and we said got to get him before before it starts because once it starts, you won't even be able to get him on the phone. No, yeah. you and, won't. And you then really won't. Preseason, it's either going to rain a lot or it's going to be ninety five degrees. It's, it's yeah. not going to be anywhere in between. So we'll we'll have to. We'll have to work through yeah, that. Yeah, Jason Fuller was a little excited to know, because I said, where are they going to practice football? And he said, right on the field. Yeah. 
the 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 that round you could see the track on yeah. that picture I showed you. Yeah. The field inside of that somehow got screwed up and it didn't get seated and whatever. So they can't really use that for practice. I said you could use on a day when field hockey was away, you could go up on that oh, oversized yeah. baseball softball field and and run patterns or yeah. I mean you wouldn't want to put the sled in there or anything, but you could Yeah. You know, I mean they he's yeah, he's asked everybody about putting a sled on the turf, and people said, "Hey, do it all the time." Huh. You know, I've so. got family that live live down in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, so I go over to Memorial quite a bit to run, to run around the track, and and I I'm always looking at their stuff. They got their sleds and stuff right on oh, the yeah, field. Right so. on it. The turf, only problem with that, you've been a football coach. That hundred yards, if there's no ancillary, I mean, they got it's bigger. It's a soccer sized field, so there are there is more space, but. Boy, it's limiting. If you're yeah. going to run punt game or pass game, you can't. The right. linemen can't be doing something else because they're in. They can. There's, there's not a lot of room. Not a lot of room. Yeah. The nice thing about when you spread out, you got to use all your fields for different things. And we even used to run out front once in a while uh, to that when I was principal to practice football a little bit. Yeah. Just to do pass game, not not stuff they're going to dig it up. Just yep. pass game or whatever. Yeah. Armin Armin mowed the ball. You know, oh. you, you know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> so. Now, Bill Fairchild, way back, down where the septic runs and whatever, it, it was a drainage thing, and it never got wet. So he had them cut it, and brought, we brought some loam in. It's an infield, regulation-sized infield. And we use it for, I used to look for lacrosse because it's an embankment all the way around. You can't lose a ball. It comes right back to you. <laughs> it's Perfect. a good way to set it up, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Best of the B-List all next week. We'll see you after that. B-List Daily, Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios, Crossy, NBR Radio Network.